0: What's up, everybody? Scorch the fears. I think this is like episode 48 or something. We've got the great Lauren Hardy. I'm excited to have you. I remember, like, I don't know if I told you this when I first met you um, or when we first were emailing, but like, you were one of the people I remember listening to while I was starting driving for dollars like two and a half years ago when I started getting into business. So I want to say it's pretty cool that you came on today and Uh, yeah, I truly appreciate it. Um, And yeah, welcome to Scorch the Fears.
1: Thanks for having me. No, I didn't know that. Very flattered.
0: Yep, it was good. I remember Mm -hmm. because I was also in California, right? So I was Mm -hmm. like, it was interesting because you were telling me like your whole story with California and how you were like Mm -hmm. struggling in California and then you started going virtual. But Mm -hmm. yeah, so we'll get all into that. So first question that I always like talking about um, is the mindset issues that new wholesalers and new real estate investors deal with. Um, Actually, sorry. First, introduce yourself, say what you're doing, all of that type of stuff, just for the people who don't know who you are.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, my name is Lauren Hardy and I've been a real estate investor for 10 years. I started when I was 25 years old um, I started when I had my first daughter. She was one years old. I had a full time corporate job, and I really would have just done anything to just get out of that corporate job. It really didn't matter to me what it was. It just so happened that my brother started flipping houses a couple years before that time, so he made the suggestion. You know, you should try flipping houses because. Um, you know, you can make, you know, you could just do like one or two deals and you'll probably make just about as much as you do in your uh, current salary situation, which at the time was about $52,000 a year. So it really wasn't much. (laughs) So I got, that's, that was my start. Um, I started in my backyard, Orange County, California, um, arguably one of the highest priced areas in the nation, Um, Mm -hmm. also very saturated with investment activity. Uh, So it's a very challenging place to do business. Um, There is still people that invest here and do deals here. Um, But for me, uh, I was flipping houses in my backyard, but it just started getting more and more difficult to get that deal. Um, And I always was a little curious about what was going on in other states. I noticed that other people that were in other states didn't seem to have the struggles that I was having. Like they didn't have to spend as much in direct to seller marketing to get that one deal. Um, They didn't have to make as many offers to get that one deal. Um, and, And they were there was just this deal consistency that. I was really craving um i call california elephant hunting it's kind of like you know you get that one big elephant it's like great but like you it might take you a while to like find that right. um, and the out-of-state stuff is a little bit more squirrel hunting they're kind of everywhere um and there's more deal volume so i was craving the deal volume you know at this point in my career now you know kind of fast forward right Um, a lot of change for me. I had two kids now mouths to feed. I'm a single mom. Um, so I needed that deal consistency to be able to sleep at night. So I, I went virtual and that's kind of where most of you guys know me is, you know, from my virtual stuff that I do. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's a little bit about me and my background.
0: No, I love it. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Like, um, I a hundred percent feel the same thing with California. Like I was super stubborn. So like, I was like, no, I don't care. I'm living in San Francisco. I'm going to, I'm going to like make it happen, but it would have been so much easier if I had done like, um, I don't know, like, uh, Oklahoma or like any of those other small ones. Cause I feel like just at the beginning, you need just like 5k base hits just to like, start getting mm-hmm. it going mm-hmm. um and like in california that i think it's the best secondary market is what i tell people so like you've got you've got your consistent um you know like virtual one if you live in california or just like a smaller market mm-hmm. and then you've got um and then you've got Scott like huge ones you get in california
1: yeah um, yeah
0: every once in a while
1: once a year you get like a good like flip that you choose to flip or something and, and right. you do it, you know and you make maybe 60 grand or something like yeah i can see that i sure. love it mm-hmm. um
0: so going back to what i was the original question that i wanted to go with because i this whole podcast like i love reiterating it is about um helping people get over like the initial fears because I think everyone has some sort of mindset issue, especially when they're starting. Mm -hmm. Uh, I even have a few mindset issues still to this day that I'm working through. When you were starting, what do you think your mindset issues were or your fears? And like, how did you deal with that? How did you push through? Um, Like, how does what is your advice to New wholesalers, and what were your mindset issues?
1: Yeah, well, 100% mindset is so important. Um, and, and I still deal with mindset stuff too. I almost call it it's like a practice. You know, you got to really kind of like work on your mindset all the time um, because, you know, our little monkey minds can take over um, really quick, you know, if you're not really conscious of it. Um, when I first got started, I still, I absolutely know what my biggest fear was. My biggest fear was getting sued. So hmm. it's like, because I went from like W-2 employee. And I think this is common of W-2 employees, right? Like, oh, well, like my employer got sued. We're in a lawsuit. Like, I don't know hmm. somewhere in my working career, I heard about lawsuits and how they just ruin your life. <laughs> I <Like>, that was <laughs> all I heard is like lawsuits ruin lives. <laughs> right. So my biggest fear was getting sued for sure.
0: Interesting. So Mm -hmm. okay, so it was getting sued, like, do you, can you think of where it comes from? Because I always think it's very interesting where certain mindset issues come from, in general of like, that's an interesting one in the sense of like, fear of being sued. So two questions, where do you think that came from? And then also, how'd you get over it?
1: Okay. I don't know. I've never really put much thought into like where it came from. If I had to guess, it was a job I had where the employer was getting sued and he was so dramatic about it. Like Mm -hmm. he was just so like acted like it was the worst thing in the world. I mean, right? he, he really like, and he did all these things in his business after to prevent getting sued again. Like he just went, like the complete opposite direction no joke he even went to the lengths of putting cameras in the office and building the office out so all the wind all the walls are windows like so like the cameras could see through everybody's office so the entire place was a fishbowl and it was all it all stemmed from a lawsuit
0: well, that's a hundred percent it. I mean, that, that is where it comes from. I'm definitely, I mean, that's crazy. Like yeah. that's like, I've never even heard of an employer yeah. being so like sensitive to that. It I makes know. sense in the sense that, um, uh, that can be like a burden. I'm curious, have you been sued?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's okay, how I got so over it, to go. it. You were gonna ask. So part two <laughs> of that question. <laughs> part two of that, that question was getting sued. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Is, is how you get over it, right? How do you get over fears as you face them head on? Um, right. no, I didn't purposely try to get sued. Um, I was, man, I was like a little sheep. Like just, I was mean, it was like my second year in the business. Okay. Like Oh
0: no, that's like rough. Two,
1: like, like month 14 in the business, not, not 24. I mean like year one and then like going into my second year of the business. Um, I had a frivolous lawsuit, uh, against me. And So what happened? Um, it was, so I basically bought a bad house. I bought a, I, This is super, it's a little complicated, but I, I, I can, I can, uh, bring it down to an easy level to understand and it's important to understand it okay so i went to a real estate investment association meeting back then that was like all it was was ria's and you would go like to these monthly meetings and like there wasn't a lot of instagram and the stuff you see now right Mm -hmm. i went to a meeting i met um this guy was presenting he was a note trader so what he would do is he would buy and trade notes on properties right he would, so after the, I got real, quick,
0: real quick, sorry, oh, yeah. just quickly explain what a note is just because I'm, I want it to be as basic as basic. possible. Okay. I
1: knew I was like, I'm going to have to micro this. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so when you get a mortgage on the property, that's considered a note, just like, think of it like that. Let's just it's dumb net. it down, right? Your mortgage is essentially a promissory note that you are going to pay this bank back. Well, people invest in those too. So what he would do is he would find people that had um, a second mortgage that was in default, meaning Mm -hmm. like they did not pay their second mortgage. So the house was going into foreclosure. He would contact the note holder of that second mortgage if it happened to be a private individual. So he wouldn't do it if it said Wells Fargo. But if it said John C Trust, whatever, he would contact them and he'd say, Hey, how about instead of foreclosing on this house, I'll just buy this note right off of you. So Mm -hmm. he would buy that note off of John C trust or whatever he would. Now he kind of controls the property. So this homeowner has two options. She either has to pay him back, you know, and, and avoid her foreclosure, uh, foreclosure, or he can foreclose on the property. Now the hope is that there's equity in the property. So he gets the property back. You kind of mm-hmm. follow me. I know there's a lot to that.
0: I think I think people got it. I think that's. You know, I know that like that could be
1: heavy. That's you know it's like uh, you know if you don't understand note trading, if people you know,
0: have uh, if people have questions, just type it. Type it in yeah, the chat. Yeah, type I, it in the
1: chat or um like Google note trading and and buying selling notes and stuff. So that's what he did. And he said he came up to me. Hey, how are you? Whatever. We got to know each other. And he's like, you know, you're a flipper. I, it's funny. I I might have a house I'm taking back in Garden Grove. And when I take it back, I, I'm not going to want to fix it up. I'm going to sell it to an investor. So like, maybe I can sell it to you. Perfect. So I was like, yes, uh, let me know. So a couple weeks later, he calls me. He's like, hey, just letting you know, I took that house back. Um, we we got it in the foreclosure. Um, would you be interested? I said, okay, Sure. So I made him an offer for the property. I still remember it was like 225,000 I think was was mm-hmm. the amount, something like that. This is this is back in the day when prices didn't go crazy in California yet. It was Right. I want to say like 2012, 2013 or something. Okay. And um I uh, so I bought the property from him um totally like le- legally through title and escrow, everything, did all the things. And he said, okay, the only thing is you're going to have to evict her. I, I'm not dealing with the eviction. You take care of her. You have to evict the previous homeowner. The
0: worst thing in California ever.
1: Yeah. It's really not that bad. Honestly, like I feel like it? now it, it's not that bad, but I guess every, everybody has taller. That's uh, subjective, right? Um to me evictions aren't that big of a deal. <laughs> but We're
0: going to we're going to talk about that. Yeah, you got you uh, have
1: some sort of you have some mm-hmm. trauma or you have something in your head about evictions or you know, well, I just thing.
0: really have no idea. People just tell me things, right? I assume that like in California it's incredibly hard to do an eviction. Like yeah. in some places almost impossible. And like I'm like I'm mainly wholesale. Like I've yeah. done a couple flips, but you know, like I've never done an eviction, so Yeah, Uh, you're the first person who's told me it's not really that big of a deal. So, I love that. So, (laughs) I I would definitely want to keep hearing it. It's just like you have
1: a like a belief, right? You have a limiting belief because someone told you it. Well, well, yeah, I have no
0: idea. I've never done it before. So, I love it. Just
1: like lawsuits ruin your life, right? Right. (laughs) There
0: we go. And then you just got to do it and it's not as bad. And then you're like,
1: oh, that wasn't even that bad. And so, and no, and trust me, if they were that bad. Now, I will, okay, I digress though. Uh, The COVID situation, that's a whole other thing. I'm not talking about that. I'm I'm not talking right. about the memorandum or anything. I'm just talking about just basic like evictions under normal climates. Like right. um, not that, not that bad. Um, like you'll live. <laughs> you'll right. live. Through it. Love it. Um, but so I said, okay, fine. I've, I've evicted before. Not a big deal. So I, I serve her a cash for keys. I always offer cash for keys first. I, I said, Hey, I'll pay you like 2,500 bucks if you just leave and make it easy. Um, or I'm going to have to evict you. Here's your date that you have to be out, blah, 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 blah. Right. I get a phone call from her and she is like, you are going to be pulling my dead body out of that house. If you think that (laughs) I'm going to be leaving. And this was a fraudulent foreclosure. There's no way you rightfully own this house. And so she got me now this is, because I was new and I didn't fully understand everything, like mm-hmm. I kind of believed her. She had me going. Right. Um, she said that the for- foreclosure never happened; it was fraudulent. I don't know how you bought this house. There's no way. Um, like, there's so much behind this house. You have no idea what you got yourself into. You've been defrauded as well. All this stuff, right?
0: But you had um, you had a uh, you had gone through title, right? Like, when yeah. You got it?
1: But okay. when, you're, when you've only been doing this business like 13 months, right. like, what do you know? <laughs> i like, <Right>. like, really? <laughs> like, I literally believed her. Like, I was like- It was like, also,
0: just sorry to interrupt, but yeah. it was also like, there wasn't nearly as much education in no. like 2012, right? Like, I mean, like now there's gurus freaking everywhere. Like, you can learn so much on YouTube. I feel like, like, it, like I don't even know what was on YouTube at that point.
1: Not much, but it doesn't matter if someone, if all you did was wholesaling, like Jonah, put yourself in the shoes of someone who's only been in this 13, 14 months and you bought a house. You didn't wholesale it. You bought the home.
0: Yeah. And then the old person
1: says, no, 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 no. That foreclosure, there's stuff before that, that happened that that this property is going to be in litigation and you're stuck with it. Mm -hmm. Like, that's all I was told is basically everything that happened before you is, was didn't it was fraudulently done, and I'm already getting an attorney, and now you just bought it, so now you're screwed too. Of like, course. that's what she was telling me. I was like, okay, then this is a real thing. Unwinding foreclosures is something that some people do that they try mm-hmm. to un- unwind for what she was trying to attempt was to unwind her foreclosure, right? So, but what's unfortunate is like when you, you know, you foreclose and it gets to this state, now there's this person here that's like, stuck holding you know the hot potato like you know and i'm like what (laughs) you know i I had no idea so i did here's a couple things i did wrong right i first of all i stayed on the phone with her i should have never given her my phone number i should have never no i you know i don't negotiate with terrorists like (laughs) you know i should have just like put everything in writing if you need to talk you can email me like um but i didn't know better so that phone call was important in my case. <laughs> fast forward. You after recorded the-, the phone call? No, no. Oh, okay. I wish I would have. <laughs> okay. And I wish I would. Yeah, I do. I wish I would have had the ability to do that, but no. Um, so fast forward a couple weeks later, she says, basically, I'm going to, if you try to take this home for me and you try to kick me out, I'm going to sue you too, right. but I'm already suing the person that sold your house, that's a house to you. And I was right. like, uh, okay, like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, leave you in here for free, lady? Like, I don't know, you know. Right. So, so later I got, uh, like, I got a hold of the guy that sold me the home and he said, no, she's crazy. Like, hello, Lauren, she foreclosed on her house. Like, she's crazy and she's pissed right. and like, you know, whatever. So fast forward, I, I I, keep trying to evict her. I go through the whole thing or I like, I server notice all that. And it's getting now to like, okay, like it's happening. I get, I open up my door and someone goes, are you Lauren Hardy? I go, yeah. And <laughs> I get served. And I was like, right. what? <laughs> like, right. And it was like the scariest moment. I still remember that as probably one of the most awful moments of my life. Like just mm. pure fear, just not knowing. And this thing was this what would thick.
0: Happen?
1: This thing was this thick. Damn. This, it was heavy. Like, like I, I was like winded carrying it. It was so <laughs> heavy. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> right. And I, you gotta imagine I'm a mom. I'm like 26 or 27. Like I'm not that old. I'm a mom. My little kid's like, mom, who's that? Like, it was like, right. Like, you know, when I'm, my kids are home, my daughters, one of them's napping. Right. The other one's three years old. She's like, mommy, what's that? <laughs> and i'm just like I'm what a
0: wild thing! like i mean i don't have kids but i would imagine being like oh god like i don't even know what i'm going to say to you right now you're not even you wouldn't understand it and i also really don't want to tell you anyways
1: i was just i was literally like i remember she's like i i still remember this moment because she was in this process of making a box into an airplane so then she was just like she was just like what's that i don't care make me an airplane like, right. and like okay and i'm like hacking at it. this box with like a knife trying to make mm-hmm. an airplane and i just put the law like because you can't it's crazy when you're when you have kids y'all listening who have children get this right it doesn't matter you can have a gun to your head you're like or i'll just make this airplane that my three-year-old's demanding <laughs> right now right so i like i'm making her some paper airplane the but uh, box airplane thing and I'm like panicking. I have to wait until she can go to sleep so I can like compose myself and actually open up the first page of this thing. And I read about two pages and I'm about to pass out. I, I'm just like, Damn. this is, I see the words like Lauren Hardy, fraud, um, conspiracy. Like she said, I conspired. Conspiracy. swear to God. She said, I conspired to with the, the previous note holder we conspired to steal her home. Damn. And, and that, in that, like, as soon as he took the house back, I bought it so quickly because that we conspired to do that. So the reason behind that is there's a protection called um, me being what's called a bona fide purchaser. So technically, we could have won this at the motion, um, wh- which meant like we can squash it real quick. It would have gotten they call it quashed like quick um because i was a bona fide purchaser it was like sorry lady like you got yourself in this that is that's just the way the law works it's like right if you let it get this bad and then some poor innocent person purchased your house well too bad it's not her fault like and you're right. just gonna have to lose your home like and yeah you know, and civilly sue the other person but you've lost the house well she tried to argue the bona fide purchaser by saying that I fraudulently conspired with this guy to immediately buy it, but there was preemptive, like I knew about this house before, even though, like, you know, we like I can prove I didn't even know the guy before. Right. <laughs> so it was, it was so when you're getting frivolously sued, and what a common technique an attorney will do. Is they will put multiple causes of actions, which is basically throwing, you know, spaghetti on the wall and seeing what sticks. So there was like 13 causes of actions. Like right. thir- I'm like 13 things I did wrong in like a, a span of like a week, like, yeah, you know, um, and all of them were ridiculous. All of them were just awful. It was awful yeah, yeah. having to go through it.
0: I get it. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you real quick. So, I mean, obviously you said like you're panicking like you can't go to bed, like something is happening that's like truly screwing with you. So how did you deal with that? Because obviously you can't get too many nights without sleep. So Mm -hmm. like what, because I really want to get into because I think I've had moments like that of like pure terror at Mm -hmm. some point. Like I had it, like this is my own story. I had someone threaten to sue me, but it was back when I, it was like, they didn't actually sue me, but it was a threat to sue me. And I hadn't done a single deal yet. So like mm-hmm. I immediately was just like, okay, I'm not doing this. I do not have the resources to defend myself whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So, um, I really do want to get into the emotional side, especially about like, yeah. how did you deal with, um, that
1: terror? Yeah, say. for sure. Um, so there's phases. Um, I, the first, like, I remember just like Googling how to get through a lawsuit like emotion. I literally Googled and I read a, an article about it. And I remember the article said the only way to get through it is to get through. Like that's it. You have to get through and you have to understand that this is going to be a very long process. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's just something like you're going to have to endure. Um, So the first stages of this, I would say, say stages like Week one, week two was like crying. Like I cried, I remember crying to my mom, oh, no. like just crying, all like just crying all the time. Like I told my friends when it first happened, I told my friends, I'll never forget this. Like your friends who aren't business owners, they don't get it. They're oh, like, That's well, like I the
0: re- worst idea. do tell
1: your friends that aren't business owners, they won't understand. Like, I remember they're like, Well, Lauren, you had to do something wrong to get sued. Like, nobody just gets sued. <laughs> that's the worst. You have you had to have worst. done something wrong. You know what like terrible
0: advice. Like I know. that's so bad. Like yeah, we should get so- into that too after this is like like why you don't tell friends who aren't in the business anything yeah. or expect I- any advice for that but sorry keep going.
1: No. Yeah, so don't tell your friends um you know the first thing I did I'm very lucky I have a very smart dad. So mm-hmm. I gave it to my I gave my I couldn't even read the lawsuit. It was it was too I can handle a lot. And this was like, I can't, I couldn't like, I'm like, dad, I can't read this. I need you to tell me what I'm being sued for. (laughs) It's like, I'm going to lose my mind. It's, it's literally a thousand pages long. And like, I'm, I can't handle it. Like I see fraud and conspiracy and I'm going to throw up. Like, so I went to my dad's house and my dad's very stoic and he's very just cool, calm and collected so he's like i still remember him just be like all right let's take a look like just had a good attitude about it It was just kind of almost like proud of me in a way like that
0: (laughs) that's cute
1: you know like he's just like i got this it's fine let me see wait real quick
0: real quick i'm gonna interrupt just because i'm curious so like your your dad was he a business owner or like why do you was that just always his attitude of like keeping cool when stuff was going on i'm just curious
1: he's pretty he's a pretty cool cucumber um okay and he uh was a college professor and he had a rental portfolio um, but he wasn't like a full-blown entrepreneur. He he had his rental portfolio and um, he he day trades like he's a stock trader. Like So he has okay. like some entrepreneurial ventures, but like I would say not full-blown business um, owner. Gotcha. So, um, but he did have rentals. So, you know, like he did have stuff that he had to deal with, you know, in right. real estate. Um, but no, cool as a cucumber. And uh, so he... Uh, I just waited for his email back and he put down in an Excel document, all of like just the things like kind of the high level points in it. Um, so I could just digest it a little easier, you know, like being sued for this, like cause of action 12, this like, (laughs) whatever. So like, okay, I understand now what I'm being sued for. Uh, and uh, yeah, so first stage was just crying, and I lost like seven pounds or something, which wasn't
0: the worst oh, thing in the world. No. Like, oh, yeah, I, couldn't even
1: eat. I was like, oh my God. Um, super stressed. And then um I found an attorney. Uh, my friend recommended an attorney, and I, you know, had a meeting scheduled, and it's like everything takes forever. It's like, okay, we'll meet with you next week. I'm like, why can't you meet with me now? Right. <laughs> and um, you know, so met with an attorney. Luckily the attorney had figured out that, um, much of my case is very much covered under title insurance. So right. he's like I already, he does title insurance work for the title insurance company I use. So he was like, I I got your, I'll get your case assigned to me and I'm going to get it all paid for. So nice. my attorney fee, that was like the first, like, okay, you got, and you got to look for like when you're in that situation, sort of like, well, okay, there's, a bright side here, a bright side there. There's always little wins, and that was a massive win. Was like my attorney fees were covered. Um, so I was something, really,
0: I have a question for you because this is also an educational point. Mm-hmm. If title, like, because they were suing you over something that happened before mm-hmm. you bought it, right? Mm-hmm. In theory, no matter what, like, let's say that lady a 100% right, wouldn't the onus be on title to have found that out, correct? Like, in the way wouldn't you be able to sue Title for screwing that up? I think that's how it would work. I don't know if you. You,
1: Yes, you would think. Okay, so normally, (laughs) but when they put 13 causes of action, they also include uh, like personal damages, like $90,000 in my, you know, stress because I was stressed out and, you know, whatever, emotional direct. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um technically, that the what I I would have been recouped, um but there were other things she put in there that were, you know, so that I would not
0: do with it. Gotcha. right.
1: yeah, and that's what they do. Throw a spaghetti right. on the wall. they try to bury you. they bury. Right. You. That's what they do. So I was getting buried, yeah, so, um. So, but if it was if it's very straight, straight, straightforward title stuff that happened all before you, um, and it falls under your title insurance policy, then yes, you technically get recouped the purchase price of the property and stuff, and the property, you know, whatever. Like,
0: gotcha. I was just curious.
1: Mm-hmm. No, you're you're all right, but just not okay. all the not in this situation. <laughs> so, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. So, um, and you know, it's so crazy because I remember I thought about this lawsuit every single day, every day, multiple times a day, I would stress Mm -hmm. about it. And I, after like about two weeks, I go, okay, well, I better make a lot of money because I'm going to probably have to pay for something like this is going to get mm. real expensive. So I just came up with a plan instead of worrying, um, in like wallowing in my pity and giving up and like getting out of the business altogether. I was like, no, I'm going to make money. Like I'm going to, I'm going to figure out how to do the most deals I've ever done because back is against the wall. I need to make sure I make enough money to pay for whatever I just got into. So
0: What made that switch? I'm curious, like what, what switched in your mind from just panicking, crying, all of that to like, all right, screw this. I'm going to do just as many deals as I possibly can. So even if I completely lose this, I'm going to be fine.
1: I mean, I don't know. I I think I'm a pretty logical person and it was like, okay, option one is just like stress, quit and go get a full-time job again and just like be miserable again, or like just try a little harder and make more money and this lawsuit won't even matter. Right. You know, like, and I just picked the better one, right? The better right, one is obviously. obviously the one here, you know? Right. Yeah. So, um, I just put a lot of focus into my business and, um, I focus on the money-making activities of my business. Um, that deal, I did more flips, you know, that d- year than like I ever did. I, I raised mm-hmm. my deal volume count, um, significantly that year. Um, so I had also heard, see, the thing was, is after, like, you know, a couple months of this, because you think, like, a lawsuit's going to be over. Like, you're like, oh, no, okay, this will will be over in two months. No. (laughs) Like, mm -mm. no, no, no. Lawsuit didn't get dismissed. Like, I thought it was going to get dismissed. It didn't. Then it goes to motion, a motion to summary judgment. Didn't win there. And, like, Mm. just that process took eight months. So, like, Now it's trying, they're trying to get it into trial, right? Like the whole, I, when I started realizing, yeah, you're in this for the long haul, you almost after a while, like you're, you've just adjusted to like this, this thing that this this weight on your shoulder, like it's a weight on your shoulder. And at first it's crippling and you can't walk. And then eventually you start getting up a little bit and you're like, oh, oh. Like, okay, I'm walking, but it's a huge weight. And then eventually you grow some muscles and you can hold it and you're fine and you keep walking and you're like, it's eventually going to go away. Um, And it did, it it took 18 months. And I remember being like, there was a point where I go, you know, I haven't thought about my lawsuit in three days. Nice. Um, You know, like you get, you get to that point. And I imagine this is for anybody who's maybe dealt with um, illness, cancer, You know, Mm -hmm. any kind of terrible thing, a divorce, any kind of traumatic situation, that's the best. Life goes on. Life goes on. Eventually,
0: eventually, you have to make it where, like, you just Mm -hmm. keep pushing forward. Like, I, I totally get that in the sense. I Mm -hmm. haven't dealt with something that lasted eighteen months that was freaking me out. But there, yeah, I mean, there's just got to be a point where it's like, well, screw it. It's just there. Yeah. What's gonna happen is gonna happen. Um, I'm curious, like, in the sense of actually keep going in the story then I'm going to ask this question. Like I got a question in the back of my mind, but I want to hear, I want to hear the resolution first.
1: Well, okay. Another thing that I did that was really beneficial to me is I really took the time to understand law and how lawsuits work. I mean, every element of it. Mm -hmm. Like I basically took a course in law school. (laughs) Like I was like, I, I went all in, like, I need to know all the things, what this is, what's this step, what's that mean, what these words mean, um, and that made me feel really empowered, mm-hmm. and I, t- I remember telling myself, I go, man, but you know what, I'll probably never get sued again, or if I do, like, I'm going to be in better shape, like, I'm going to understand everything, I'm going to know in my business things to not do to make sure I don't get sued, so I'm very careful, like, I don't um, – I'm very careful in my business like now mm-hmm. because of that experience. Like I know like there's certain things you just, you got to be careful and don't do, you know, and right, like talking to a crazy lady on the phone, you know, right. like I now know, like put that in writing, everything's in writing. And, you know, um, so I learned a lot and 18 months later, um, we, she tried to push it to trial. It, um, did not make it. There's this one step before trial, um, it's I always forget what it's called. Some conference. You I don't remember what it's called at the top of my mediation? head. Mediation. Right no, it's not mediation. This isn't mediation. Mediation is like it's you not. don't go to lawsuit at all. all right. Gotcha. Um, it's a pre-trial conference, something like that, like pre-trial something. conference or something, where you meet with a judge, like a pre, like a judge. There's a judge that does this, and he meets with both parties, and he's his goal, like his job, is to avoid trial because it's costly on the state. So his, like what he does is he speaks with both parties in a room, quiet little room. And he looks at like your case studies it whatever. And he tells which party like, Hey, you have a good chance of winning. Hey, you're a loser. (laughs) Like you're never going to win this. Don't waste your time. You're going to spend all this money. Like he tries to convince the person, um, you know, to kind of just drop it drop it and settle and settle. And the goal is at the end, you settle. And most cases don't go to trial um, right. because of this conference. So we made it to that. And he said to her, you have no chance of winning. Like You know that there is no <laughs> chance. Like, you will never win this. And, um, he came to us, like, just kind of loud, like what I remember being all nervous and we're like locked in the room and he's just laughing. He's like, there's no way she's going to win. <laughs> like, nice. And I told her that like, she's never going to win this. This is so frivolous. Like my God, like who's this attorney that filed it? And, and it looked really bad on the attorney. Like, you know, like it was just like, you know, attorneys that take on right. these cases are so low rent. Um, and so Anyway, she settled. We settled for like four thousand dollars, like, right. and my title company paid that. So like, t- title it. will tell your attorney like, here's the limit. Negotiate up to this, like, and so he had an amount to play with, and he just said like, she was like, I'll settle for ninety thousand dollars, and he was like, four thousand bucks. Take it nice. or leave it.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that a lot. I love that story because what I also I really like what you said about the muscles right Mm -hmm. because i really feel like that's how people should really think Mm
1: -hmm. i
0: i have this saying i think i said this in the last podcast where i i mean i didn't come up with this i heard this from someone where there's only two ways to motivate someone it's um it's desperation or like i'm forgetting the word but it's like it's either desperation or like the wanting of a reward right Mm -hmm. um and ideally, you have both like, oh, aspiration, it's aspiration and desperation. Mm -hmm. So obviously, like, it's great to have the aspiration, you want to do great things in the world, you want to, you want to, you know, strive for more, feed your family, like help others feed their family, all of that. But then there's desperation. and I think desperation is more important, like whatever it is, like, I I think comfort really screws people a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really feel like, desperation like i mean like for instance like how many extra deals like i'm curious if you might even be a little bit grateful for it because a you got stronger b Mm -hmm. like how many extra deals do you think you did
1: oh yeah no for sure i'm super grateful i don't remember like i remember before that date it was like i flipped two houses my first year and then it was like three my second year and then while going through because it was like i got sued then like going through the lawsuit it was like the third year i don't remember the exact amount but i want to say i f- actually flipped 11 to 15 something like that wow and the actual flips you, like they yeah. weren't wholesales
0: i mean you quintupled your volume yeah you, like, crushed, like, it. To quintuple. crushed
1: it yeah was like i'm gonna buy it. i'm gonna be a very aggressive buyer and like crushed it and I love um it. yeah just because that and then this is the best part of the story so The real estate market was like just skyrocketed while I held that Mm. house. So I ended up making a ton of money on that home and I was fine. Love it. Yeah. I flipped it. I, I, it was fine. I, um, I lived. I lived. And, um, you're, you know, business is an intellectual sport. It really is. Mm -hmm. And all of this stuff is all stuff in your mind. All of it. And all of that was just my, all of those fears. It was just my stuff in my mind. If you could kind of like, say like, Hey, like when you die, like this really won't matter. <laughs> like even like, and I, and I also would say another quote I say a lot when I'm going through hard times is in five years, is this going to matter? It's no. so
0: true. It's so true. It's mm. just so hard when you're in it at the beginning yeah. to get over it. But it's so mm. true in the sense of like, even if you had like, even if you had lost it,
1: mm-hmm. like,
0: even if you had like completely lost that lawsuit, you still probably would have been fine in the end. It would have yeah. sucked, but like you still would have been
1: I would have been like afraid.
0: doing fine, making mm-hmm. money in the business. Like it is, I feel like those are the the keys, like going. I think those are, that's a really good trick is like being like, will this matter in five years or will this matter when I'm dead? Right? Like mm-hmm. there's so many more important things like hanging out with my children or being with your parents or being mm-hmm. with family and stuff like that. So yeah. I love that little nugget too. Um, so amazing. So, okay. That really jump starts your business. Um, I'm curious cause this is also something cause you're a mentor. You've mentored a ton of people already cause you were part of wholesaling Inc, which guys is like a huge, like Brent Daniels owns it. It's like a huge, Group? What is it exactly actually? It's like I would call I
1: would call us a media company. You know, we sell we sell uh, real estate education. So it's a real Mm -hmm. estate education company. Um, but they owned a podcast called Wholesaling Inc. And that that's the you know that piece of media was really their number one source of um customers. So. so how,
0: cause like I, the question is all, these are kind of related questions of the sense of, so how did you, when did you know, or when did you get a mentor? Cause I think this is like also very important for, um for newer wholesalers or newer flippers or just real estate investors in general of uh, being like, all right, what made you get a mentor? When did you get a mentor? And like, how soon do you think somebody should get a mentor? Because I, I mean, my journey that made all the difference was the Mm -hmm. fact that I joined people's mentorships like Jamil and Jamil Danji and Pace Morby and stuff like that. So tell us a little bit about your story with mentorships.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Like my brother was my mentor, right? So he was flipping Mm -hmm. two years before me. So he, my first two deals I did with my brother, he taught me all of it. Um, I did take some education back then. It was like, this is 10 years ago. So there was like no online e-courses. They would come in CDs and, oh you'd get these little <laughs> CDs and you would listen to them like in your car. Um, it. that was like how old school I am here. Um, so that was, I, I definitely leaned into education from day one, uh, day, day one. I don't think I would be, I wouldn't have been able to do the business at all. Um, Anyone, you know, I back then YouTube University wasn't exactly what it is now. Like there's a lot on YouTube. Um, So I think YouTube can be helpful. Um, But what I truly believe about YouTube is that it gives you uh, inspiration but it does not give you direction um, right. picture. So you can get real distracted on YouTube and you, it's like, oh, well, this person says this. And then this person says to do that. And the next thing you do, you just keep doing all these different things and nothing works because you have no direction. Um, so mentorship is extremely important.
0: So what do you, what do you, um, what do you recommend to, for somebody to do? Like maybe we should take people in different positions, right? Cause I have my philosophy on it, but I'm curious about yours of like, okay, this person doesn't have any resources yet. Um, this person has some resources, like two things, who should, how do you find a mentor? And, um, when should you find a mentor? It sounds like your answer might be with the, when, as soon as possible, but like, how do you, how do you choose a mentor? And how do you find
1: one? You you know, there's two different ways to go about this, right? There's the mentor that like is just somebody you met. Maybe it's like a friend of yours that's doing the business. And like that's probably the most ideal scenario, right? I fell into mm-hmm. like the best. My brother hooked me up and like I didn't have to pay for it. And it was great. If you don't have a friend that's in the business, then the other step is like paid education. Um, and I, being that I come from education, I understand like that world. Um, I, I think there are some there are a lot of really, really great education programs out there. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're all helpful as long as you do exactly what the educator says to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say there's tiers of education that I would avoid. I would avoid the really expensive $20,000, like I went to a seminar, like there's, they still get people, man. I don't know, like they do, and that's right. I, I, I've had a lot of students come out of those ones, and then they come to me, and you know, I don't charge. I didn't charge nearly that much, and um, you know, so I think the really expensive education, you're not necessarily getting anything better. Um, in fact, sometimes the less expensive one, because they don't have this big marketing um, outfit behind them, might be even better. Um, usually those courses that are in that like $7,000, $12,000 price points, because they had to spend a lot of money in Google ads to let you know who they were, you know, in digital marketing ads and they have staff and all that. Um, so, so don't let cost the more, isn't necessarily the better program. Okay. Like, don't like, Oh, but our, this program is $10,000. It must be better. not true. (laughs) Not Mm -hmm. true at all. Um, so absolutely, like the other thing is, um find someone like an educator that's living a life that like you wanna live. Mm. Um, I think that there's educators out there, okay, so like here's here's my brand, right? This is what people know me for i've I've been told like. You know like it, you seem just so real you're not like a oh, million dollar wholesaler you're gonna make millions and like right no like i'm just like so do you want to quit your full-time job <laughs> you know right. like you know that that's i'm not like selling the moon and i i don't necessarily care like i'm not money focused i'm more of like i wanted time freedom um so a lot of people respect that like, Oh, you had kids, like you have kids and like you got in this business when they were young and like you figured out how to quit your full-time job. And now you have like time freedom and you get to pick up your kids from school. And like, Mm. you still really value like work life balance. You're not all like money, money, money. I want to be a multimillionaire. You're, you're more like, I just want to have a really um, good life. And I want to live well. Um, mm-hmm. I want to have an enriched life, not necessarily a rich life. Right. Um,
0: interesting. You, I like that a lot.
1: Some people really identify with me in that way, but it's funny, like being in the education space, I see like some people they want the glitz and the glamor and the million mm-hmm. dollars and the boats and the, I bought a mansion and, you <laughs> know, like and some people like that educator and that's the life they want. And like, that's great. <laughs> you know, like it's all good. Just find someone that like you relate to, you know, and that you want to kind of aspire to be like.
0: I love that. That's such a good answer. Um mm-hmm. I think I think so you're so right in the sense of like so many people get into the business also being like I really want to get rich when really like whatever the hell makes you happy. Right. Like if you, mm-hmm. if you want like spending time with your children is like amazing. Like, I mm-hmm. love that. Like um, I love that. And I also love the advice of finding a mentor that fits what you want. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I think, I think that's something, I think that's the hardest part for people is they don't vet their mentors at all in that way mm-hmm. whatsoever. So that's going to be my next question too, is like, how do you vet a mentor? Or like, how do you make sure they're not, because I, I mean, like, let's be real. There are people where it's borderline scammy, like not, yeah. they're probably not scams, but like very much like I paid 20 K and got, uh, um, yeah. a dictionary of real estate. So yeah. how do you, how do you vet somebody?
1: Um, you know, yeah, that it, it can be challenging because, you know the mentors not gonna have time to talk to you on the phone like we're right. just not like i'm really doing deals guys like i would get you know uh i i get from time to time like the dm like can i pick your brain and can i talk to you yeah. before i buy your program i'm like no because i'm busy and if i did that for everybody i couldn't actually buy houses and right. don't you want someone that actually buys houses <laughs> like right. you know like education's not my primary you know buying houses is number one for me like so um, you know, I, I, it's, it's tough, right? So what I did personally is I put reviews on my review page. I have, you know, I have reviews. I have, um, on my YouTube, you can go on my YouTube. Um, you know, my course page, page had a bunch of reviews. I have YouTubes like done with my students. So like it kind of builds some credibility, um, you know, that I have some successful students, Um, in my program, you know? So like, that's helpful. So like, look to see, like, do they have any kind of like testimonials, video testimonials, like podcasts that like they've done with students, something like that to kind of prove that they've had some successful students.
0: This is also Um, something that like, I don't know if you do this, like, by the way, guys, Lauren has a program 100%. She's an amazing person and mentor, like I guarantee it. So we're going to put that in later if you guys want to join that. But, um, I mean, this is just a curious like, this is my, my brain going off. Have you ever had it where maybe instead of you, they talk to you're like, here, talk to my student, like let them tell you how good the program is. I'm just curious.
1: At at the end of the podcast that I would do with my students, they would drop like their email. So some of them have said that people will reach out just before they bought, you know? So yeah. By
0: the way, I don't know if you know Dahlia, but like, I'm, I think this is funny. I don't know if this is like I, an inside I joke. Think, I'm not
1: sure if she's the same person, but there is an inside joke about the way I sneeze. I have a very silent.
0: <laughs> Wait, what's, it's just like impossible. Like, no, you don't, you, you can't hear anything. I
1: know. It's just very quiet. I have a very quiet sneeze.
0: <laughs> Hilarious. I love that. Anyways, I didn't mean to distract you. Um, so, vetting, vetting mentorships, just, I got you. So cool. Okay, so I'm going to I want to keep going with your story then. Um, so going into your story a little bit more, you get motivated by that lawsuit, like very much the desperation like kicks into gear. Um, you're dealing with that. Um, so how did you how'd you end up with wholesaling ink?
1: Oh my gosh! Okay, that do you want do you want the real story, or do you want just like the light sky? Like uh, no, Ohio I want the level. real
0: story. I definitely funny? want all the real story. I want okay. all of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's just it, it, this, To me, it's like the, it's just funny. Um, so I never thought about being in education at all. That was never something I aspired to do. I didn't know what an influencer was. I my Instagram prior to getting into the education side of real estate was like pictures of my kids and like a puppy. Like, so mm-hmm. that tells you how into social media I was. Um, I was going through a breakup and it was like, a, just a bad breakup. Have you ever, anyone who's ever like gone through a really bad breakup, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you become a little unhinged. And, <laughs> and I remember like I was, he, the person was not particularly nice to me. Right. Um, so I just wanted to show that I am okay. Like I just was like, I am okay. Right. So like, but I but I wasn't gonna be like most girls who was like gonna put it on social media. Like, you know how the girls like break up with their boyfriend? They always have like there's always this like one month of social media posts where they're like, you know, like you know, just like on a boat and hiking and eat praying and whatever. I
0: was
1: like. no 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 that would be too obvious
0: yeah yeah i got it
1: (laughs) so instead i was like i'm gonna go on a podcast tour
0: (laughs) love it
1: so i just called anyone i knew that had podcasts and i was like i just got to get myself out of this you know i got to get myself out of this um you know just crappy breakup feeling. And I need to get out there and like, show that I'm okay. Show myself that I'm okay. Um, and so I called my friend Brent Daniels. I was like, Hey, you got a podcast and I've not been on it yet. And he's like, why don't you,
0: how'd you know Brent Daniels? I feel like that's like, I, I mean, like in my head, that's not somebody who usually just gives out their number. Like, tell me that a little bit.
1: I just know. I just knew him through the industry. Someone introduced us like years prior to the that time before he started ttp so i just knew yeah i was just friends with him and um And yeah, it's so funny. I even, I actually tried to put a a group together once and then I just didn't have the tenacity to keep it going. But I put a Facebook group together once and Brent was in it and Brent presented like on his business. And I was, I had not looked at that Facebook group in years and I just happened to still have it on Facebook. And I looked and I see a comment from Brent, like pre-TTP, like it was so funny. He was like, whoa, that was really cool. Like a time capsule. Yeah,
0: that's (laughs) cool. I like but it.
1: anyway, <laughs> so anyway, I um, I called him, got on the t- uh, the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. And after that, it was so funny. Brent goes, hey, so what's been going on? Like, what are you up to? And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to like do this. I was like talking about like maybe like the burr method or something. Like, I don't know. I was like talking about some other shiny object I was thinking of doing. Right. And he goes, screw all that. You should be an influencer. And I was <laughs> like, what's an influencer? And he's That's like, you so really- funny. Yeah. And that's where it started. He's like, you should do like a course. Like you've got, you've got some good energy, like, and you've got a niche, like nobody's doing virtual right now. It was before virtual was that trendy. Um, there wasn't I just want to say
0: real quick. I love, I love the fact you like just didn't know what an influencer was. Like that's, that's really funny.
1: (laughs) No idea had no idea what an influencer was. I was like, what's an influencer? <laughs> and so, yeah, he just showed me like what the whole, that side of real estate education is and what, you know, what it's about. And I thought, you know, I need a change. Like, why not? Like, Let's try something different. I'll learn a lot. And oh, like a week, so I told Brent, like, okay, I'm putting this course together. I start putting the course together. As soon as I told Brent about the course that I actually like took action and put something together, Mm-hmm. Tom Kroll texts me out of nowhere. Now that I didn't know Tom Kroll. Like I was like Tom right. Kroll. I got like a text out of nowhere. Hey, bam, it's Tom Kroll. I'm like, what? He literally texts people that by the way, That's bam, crazy. Tom Kroll. That's um, funny. And he literally, I'm talking, he, I got on the phone with him. He was like, Hey, like you should, co-, like, I was like thinking of just giving my course away for free. I, I didn't even really, get, <laughs> you know, I didn't know what I was doing. And he's like, no, like, sell it under us and and come on come on our team so um so yeah so that's where it worked and i was an author they're like my publisher um and yeah it it was like it's been a really fun ride i'm actually not with wholesaling ink anymore so like the new news is that i'm on my own and um Mm. it was so hard to like leave and very emotional because like i just have like nothing but like great memories and it was like two and a half it was just like it's been the last two years it's been such a wild ride and they've taught me like so much. Um, but so now I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like a, I'm a lost rhino.
0: <laughs> I'm an
1: independent rhino now.
0: <laughs> so what was, what like, I don't like, was there like, why want to leave? Was it more like you would just want to start your own thing or like the, some of the education was like, just not for you. Like, I'm just curious.
1: You know, at the end of the day, I, I became really burnt out with all the things I had going on. Like I was buying houses, wholesaling houses, flipping houses, and, and, and uh, I had an education program. And then I also had to drop five YouTube videos uh, a week and, right. uh, and do one podcast episode and then do outside podcast episodes. So it was t- the the filming and the like social media elements of it we're taking up a lot of my time and now my other business is like suffering and not really growing because of all these things. And so I got to this moment like of like, you got to start deciding like what you really want to focus on in your life and where do you want, where do you see yourself in the next, you know, 10 years? And I always saw myself just like doing bigger development projects like that's And it that never mm. left, you know? And I'm like, well, if, if you, Keep, you know, uh, doing the real estate education in that way that you have to do if you're here with Wholesaling Inc. and with kind of just that world in general. Like, you're not going to make it if you're not on social media all the time. You're just not. There's too many other educators now in that space. Then then like, you're going to like, you know, it's like, if you don't want to do that, then like, you should focus on what you want to do. So now, you know, like, I just had to take some time to think about like, what I really wanted to do. And it took me a while, like, it was really a tough decision.
0: So I'm curious, because how did you come to that decision? Because I feel like those decisions are really important. And like, the sense of like, okay, like, I love Mm -hmm. this community. I've, I haven't done it with a community yet, necessarily. But I've definitely had those moments where i'm like i need to change something big in my life and i might have to give up on something right like i Mm -hmm. this reminds me of when i had to give up on not give up but like spend way less time with my friends who weren't doing real estate just naturally right because i have Mm -hmm. to do this business so tell me a little bit about that process like how like did you like think to yourself or like what how did you come to
1: that decision
0: yeah, process? it was really,
1: it was really hard. So, you know, the first, first thing, let me like kind of paint, put some context here. Like I had a very successful coaching program that mm. had over 400 students go through it. Ooh-wee. and every one of, Oh, and every one of those students I gave a welcome call to. So like, you got to think it. I was on the phone a lot. I was filming videos. Like I was doing a lot. And at first I was like, I got this. I could do this. Like, when it first happened, it was 2020, right? And it happened like so fast, and I just was like adre- running off adrenaline. But it's funny because now looking back, I think my body was was telling me this isn't this is too mm. much because I was getting I was getting sick. I have a thyroid disease, and my thyroid disease went out of control for two years, mm. I, out of control, and it started right then and there. And I, I mean, doctor after doctor, I think I saw six different doctors and spent $15,000 to heal my thyroid. Damn. Like that's how bad it was. Like I was just throwing money at any doctor, v- witch doctor voodoo. I was like, I'll do anything. I'll go to a magician like to heal my thyroid.
0: Isn't that crazy? This is just something I want to like the body never lies. This it is something matter. that I've learned too. just with like mm-hmm. my stress and like my, I have like anxiety problems and I'll like, when I'm. Even if my conscious brain is telling me I'm not anxious, I have like a prone to sometimes scratch myself. And like, mm-hmm. I really like, no, 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 you're scratching yourself. Your body's telling you you're way too anxious right now. You have to yeah. do something about this. So I really like that in the sense of like everyone watching this is like, listen to your body. Your body is really telling you. Your mind is probably your, your prefrontal cortex has mm-hmm. no idea, but your body hundred percent. Yeah. Is. So I just want to emphasize that.
1: I, I was in such denial, I could not admit to myself that I think my thyroid problem is coming from stress. I just mm. couldn't admit it to myself and instead I was like, I'll just find a doctor to cure me. And um, I, but I, I powered through it and I just did all the things that everybody expected to me to do. And, and you know, if someone said jump, I said how high and I just listened to everybody else. And in the end, I was like, you know, for what? Like, this isn't, you know, like, this isn't really, all this is doing is just stressing me out. And like, I Mm -hmm. think I can probably make, you know, I was doing fine before financially, like, you know, like I was like, for money, like, I don't know. And even the money, I'm like, there's a certain amount of money that like makes it motivating. And then there's a certain amount that doesn't. And like, I was like, I just can't take this on. Like, this is so, so, so you asked me, how did I come up with that decision? Well, first I started listening to myself and, um, my boyfriend, he said, you know, Lauren, after you never, when you're, when you're talking about filming YouTube videos or social media stuff or students, anything related to that business, you don't light up. You're not like, right. into it. he's like, but when you buy a new house or you're putting a deal together, you light up then. like when you mm-hmm. come downstairs and you're talking to me and you're getting construction questions answered and you're like, whatever he's like, you, that's when you get excited and light up. Like I could see it. Like you light up when you do this, you don't, when you do that. And I was like, right. Thank you for telling me that. Cause I wasn't even aware of that. Right. So, um, yeah. So I said, okay, I, I, I need to start deciding what is, is, what are things that I enjoy doing? And that was really, I was so out of touch because I was listening to other people and doing what other people want for out of me. Mm-hmm. And I was so out of touch with what actually I enjoy and it has taken, I can't tell you how many months to figure it out and to cut out the other stuff, just delete out the other things that I don't enjoy, like has been very difficult because you kind of get tangled into stuff. Right. You're like, oh, well, we're working on this project together and we have this launch and we have this. And like, I had to really start untangling and canceling and ending relationships and things. And um, so it was really tough. One thing that really helped me though, there's this book I really recommend, there's two books. Two books. I'm gonna drop for you guys, because oh, um, right. because if you're a business owner, there's it's not if it's when you're gonna be in this situation okay. um, where you have to make a decision, crossroads, right? There's crossroads, you know, and you're like, do I keep doing what I do, or do I like just cut it off? And and it's scary because you kind of don't know what the next path is gonna look like, right? All right. Um, one was called design. Uh, it's like design your life. I think that's what's it's called. It's like a blue cover. So design your life is really good for anyone. It's like a really good, it's like lifestyle design. It's all about lifestyle design. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. The next one um, is necessary endings. And it's really important to be aware of endings and what your relationship is to endings. Um, right. A lot I of
0: spelled necessary wrong, but whatever. Keep I going. would
1: have, I would have felt it like that probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, necessary endings is a really good one. Cause I figured out that I actually really struggle with ending things and that's, you know, um, sometimes I get into things and I stay in too long, and it, it's at an expense to me and my happiness. So, I gotcha. Yeah. No, mm-hmm.
0: oh, I love it. Um, like, 100% feel like I love that we at least starting to end it with like that stuff of like what really matters in the sense of like, what do you actually want? Like, I mean, that's really getting into, right? Is like figuring mm-hmm. out what do you actually want you see all these crazy people doing all sorts of this gnarly stuff, right? Like a lot of times mm-hmm. the mentors in the business, you're right, claim a lot of things. Some of mm-hmm. them aren't even doing it, but even the people like Brent Daniels where i like just doing crazy amounts of deals and like Pace and Jamil and all of that, like they, um, they not everybody wants to be them. Right. So like you also got to take the advice from the, from, I really like what you said of like, find the mentor for the life that you want to live. Um, I think that's really good. So I don't want to keep you here too long because I know it's supposed to be an hour, but I have one last question that I always ask everyone, which is like, if you could go back to beginner Lauren, day one, it's like, you just you just decided I'm doing real estate, we're doing it, we're finding a flip. What would you tell Lauren then, knowing everything that you know now?
1: Think for yourself.
0: Hmm. Explain and, that a little bit. Go into that.
1: So um, I was and I was even talking to my friend about this the other day. He's like, you know, I don't have any mentors. I'm not a part of any masterminds. I just think for myself. And nice. I'm like, and he's crushing it. This guy is doing so well. Nice. And I know, like, I'm pretty logical. Like, I'm really good at, like, collecting data and making a very good logical decision. Um, and, and honestly, like... I know, like I'm smart. Like I'm pretty smart. I'm pretty quick. Obviously. But man, I am a trusting little person and I will trust <laughs> anyone. And I always was like in a coaching program or in a mastermind or in a this or in a that. And all that ends up really being, I think coaching is really good when you first get started. Mm-hmm. But then there's like this part where you graduate kind of from that. Mm-hmm. And you gotta really learn like how to critically think for yourself. And if you need advice, like consult with maybe other business owners that are in different industries to get ideas or um, like outside your industry. Um, Consult with attorneys, consult with like real experts of, you know, these different micro elements of your business. Um, Rather than, I'm not, I hate masterminds. I hate real estate masterminds. (laughs) Every time I ever join them, I regret it. Wait, why?
0: Wait, why do you regret regret them? them?
1: They're terrible. I, I just don't like them. I don't like, I think it's everybody's in the same everybody's in the same industry. Nobody really wants to share what they're doing because they're scared that other people are gonna steal their ideas. Right. Um, and then there's this big like, who's better than the like I close. Well, I'm closing a hundred deals a year. Well, I'm closing a hundred deals a month, well, I'm closing a right. hundred deals a minute. It's like right. No, none of you guys are doing any of those things. Stop lying.
0: <laughs> right. I don't like
1: mastermind scene. Um, so um, but you know. I could look back and I've gotten people gotten in my head and given me ideas and I listened to other people because I thought they're so smart. Right. And like in the end, I'm like, you know, actually that was bad advice and I should have listened to myself. Like I should have right. like actually said, is this good for me? Um, because at the end of the day, like people could give you advice, but they don't know if that's good for you, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, I actually wish I listened to myself more than. I was always so inclined to ask for advice and ask other people for advice before I listened to myself. And now I'm listening to myself first.
0: I love that. That's mm-hmm. so, I, I love that. Like, I love the knowing thyself type of things and like mm-hmm. listening to yourself. Cause it's so true. Like people, people are just so different in the sense, like I try because people now come to me and like, ask me like, how do, mm-hmm. like, how do I get started? What should I do? And I'm like, well, okay. So first off, who are you? You got to yeah. tell me who no, you I know. are first, yeah. right? Like, I don't, yeah. like me, I'm super salesy and visionary type. Like, um, I'll just run my head through a wall to just do things, right? Yeah. Um, while like other really shy. And I'm like, I don't think you should cold call. I think you should do something like, I don't know, agent outreach or something, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that. That's basically where I'm going with it. So, all right what what can my community do for you like what what do you want to promote what where do you do deals like tell me everything you want right now so i can like (laughs) promote it
1: yeah so we okay so i do deals i partner with people i joint venture um we are very good at dispo Um, we do dispo for people in pittsburgh pennsylvania boise idaho southern california um uh tulsa oklahoma and oklahoma city right now so i just listed off a bunch of places so if you guys have contracts you're trying to move i'm either a buyer there or i could help you move them so um why don't you guys uh you can go to sell real estate fast i actually just created a uh, landing page for that for this specific thing. Um, I don't even know if it's for sure up yet. So just save the landing page. We, literally, <laughs> like, we threw it up today. Cause I was like, I got to find like a place where people could submit deals. Um, so like sell right. real i Yep. Um, put there. And then if you just want like, um, free resources, I put together a free course on wholesaling. Um, so free course on wholesaling.com. It's just a free course. I've got um, different tools in there, a seller script, um, just some video modules that you might find helpful. So yeah,
0: I love it. Okay. So if they want to do deals with you, www.sellrealestatefast.com yep. and www.freecourseonwholesaling.com. You have a YouTube channel. I know that. So like if yeah. people want to see your YouTube videos, should they just look up your name? Do you want to promote your Instagram or anything, anything like that?
1: Yeah. So just look me up, Lauren Hardy on YouTube. And then on Instagram, it's this mom flips.
0: Amazing. I love it. So, all right, guys, follow her on YouTube, follow her on Instagram. If you're trying to do deals in, let's see if I remember Boise, Tulsa, Oklahoma City, uh, Pitts, Pittsburgh, and yeah. SoCal and, yeah. and like LA. SoCal.
1: Yeah. And most of that, some of those markets, I'm an actual buyer. And then some of them, I just do the wholesaling. So. And
0: just go to the website, www.sellrealestatefast.com in order to make that happen. Um, Lauren, any last words?
1: Um, no, thank you. This was a good episode. I appreciate, uh, you know, going through the mindset stuff. I I totally love it. So thank you so much for having me. I
0: love it too. Thank you so much for coming on. Like I said, I remember listening to you while I was driving for dollars. I remember that episode with Steve Trang. So like, it's cool being able to interview you now. And like, I remember helping out your community. So it's cool yes. stuff. Yes. So love it. Quick, some announcements guys. So I'm, uh, I'm going to be, Pre, you're gonna for the next month. This is gonna be the last time the episodes are live. I'm gonna do now pre recording, so the month of November is gonna be um, it's actually gonna be more edited ones of the podcast I've already done, and then December we're gonna start doing the pre recordings, releasing them, editing them more cooler and stuff. So just realize this is the last time I'm gonna do it live. I might figure out a way to do it where, like, when I'm doing the pre recording, it's kind of live, but it doesn't go live to YouTube or Facebook. I'm figuring all that out but just realized this is the last one that's live. Um, And I'm trying to remember. Yeah, anyway, so that's the main thing, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Scorch the Fears. I don't remember what episode. Episode 47. This is episode 47. So thank you guys for tuning in. um, And I will see y'all next time.